to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total photonic reversal. Photonic reversal. With your hosts, Conan Neutron and Brenna Betts. Broadcasting from the top floor of the Radio No World headquarters in Oakland, California. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. I'm, I'm from the South. <laughs> I'm a Southern Belle. Confidence of a hero or a fool. I wasn't exactly certain which. Strong invectives are one of them. Conan, you have a lot going on right now. It means something. Well, we all deserve to be recognized. See anything wrong with, you know, being into the stuff you're into. 150 people with a massive crowd, you know. We'll sing you a song. You may be led astray. has a Christmas album. What an excellent professional segue that was. Well, I'm very curious about Math Rock. You know, I kind of know the sound man for Rob Zombie. And presenting you the illusion of choice. We will impress you later. Yeah, it's a very good question. And I like that because that'll be getting in the middle and the end. Could not be more professional. Get you pumped up. We have answers. I just want to bring something up that I noticed via postings on the internet. You know, that's my take on it. What's yours? Protonic reversal! That's like a science thing, right? That's right! That's right, people. You are in the right place at the wrong time. You are here, and we thank you for it at the one, the only Protonic Reversal. To just me tonight, it's Saturday, Saturday night, and we have some special guests coming up. Uh, this is going to be Jeff Byron of the Meishi, as well as Turbo Lightning, and a little band called Batwings Catwings. I have a new record. Dana from Batwings Catwings will also be appearing, and I'm. This is a they're a newer band. It's good times. You should absolutely, positively, without a shadow of a doubt, uh, be ready to give them your attention, give them your monies. Yes, yes, you should. Anyway, uh, that's what's going to be happening shortly. We're going to be playing some tunes. We're going to have a good old time. 
It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. Even if you aren't ready for it. Whether you're ready or not, it's going to be fantastic. That's uh, that, that's where we're at here, here at Radio Nope, here at Protonic Reversal. It's what we do. It's who we are. And we're damn proud of it, quite frankly. Today was a frustrating day for your host, Kona Neutron. i tell you why. I had a very simple task for myself, which I was going to print out flyers, print out flyers for a show uh, featuring uh, former guest of the show, John Congleton of The Paper Chase, who is coming to Oakland with uh, the, his band, The Nighty Night, which is great. Looking forward to that. It's going to be the first West Coast appearance. And all I want to do, like a responsible adult, was go down to the name redacted uh, print and shipping center to print out some flyers, to print out some flyers, to do it up right, to do it up like an adult. I'm not going to use the printers at work. No, 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 no. That would, sure, that would be easier, but it would be irresponsible. I like to feel like that I'm beyond that. You know, that I'm, be- I'm beyond that, that I'm not going to misuse company resources anymore, right? I'm an adult now. This is what I'm going to do. Well, guess what? It was really, really difficult uh, and ultimately fruitless and unsuccessful. I tell you why. Here's the reason why. I don't get out early. I'm not an early person. I'm not a morning person by nature, I suppose you would say, uh, which is cruelly ironic considering that uh, this show started as a morning show. And I, I don't have a tendency to get out late in the afternoon, and places close early. <laughs> I guess I guess that's the end of it. I mean, and so you end up in a situation where I'm running around, you know, running around, trying to get something done. No, it, it's going against the grain of what the world wants to be doing, right? And I'm not sure why other people's relaxation and enjoyment cause me so much annoyance, but they do. Generally speaking, because I'm task-oriented, I'm trying to get something done, People are just out enjoying their day. And good for them that they can do that. It's not really a thing that's very easy for me or comes very natural to me, but okay. So I'm out there, you know, dodging petition gatherers like I'm Steven Seagal and Hard to Kill. And just trying to accomplish this very simple task. This very simple task. And doubly, along with trying to accomplish this task, you know, I think it speaks a lot to my character, one way or the other, that... My personality, at least. So the first thing I say when I see a street fair or parade isn't, hey, cool, that's awesome. It's, come on, what is this bullshit? Why is this in my way? That, that, that's my natural reaction. <laughs> and it's very, it's very consistent. Let's put it that way. Uh, it, it happens more than I'd like to admit. It's something I realize about myself. And, uh, you know, it just t- I guess it takes all kinds, right? It takes all kinds. Anyway, we're going to be talking to Jeff. We're going to be talking to Dana. Uh, let's listen to one of the songs off of the record Coast to Coast. It's coming out. This is Totally Outrageous. Totally Outrageous by Batwings, Catwings.
That's right. That was totally outrageous by Batwings, Catwings. That is the first opening opening jam, if you will, the opening song. I guess you could just I guess suppose you could just call it a song from uh, the record Coast to Coast coming out. So let's go here. Let's hear another one, and then we will uh, talk to Jeff and Dana. How about that? Sounds good to me. That's right. So there we go. That's Coast to Coast by Bat Wings, Cat Wings. That is a new song. That is a new song off of their new record, uh, Coast to Coast. And uh, joining us, we have uh, Jeff and Dina from Bat Wings, Cat Wings. Hi, guys. Hello, Conan. Hi. Crowd, crowd going wild. Everything working out okay? No delays or anything? Uh, the only delays are in your mind, my friend. 
<laughs> uh, it's great to have you guys. Thanks, thanks so much for joining us. I know you've uh, you you are very busy. You have a lot going on, and I we appreciate you making the time for uh, for, for our show. Now we're happy to be here and speaking thanks with us. Thanks for having us. So this record uh, is it's it, first of all it's your songs are so short. It's <laughs> it, it is a full length, right? I don't even know what that means anymore. But it is a full length record, right? Or is it no, considered an EP? It's, it's considered an EP. I mean, we realize that these days most people don't listen to more than six songs at a time. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> people have the attention span of like, you know, 35 to 40 seconds. So it's, <laughs> I'm not sure if it even matters anymore. Like there, there, there's hotly contested debates among many message boards and Facebook groups about this, I'm sure. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we love, we love long playing form. But uh, the idea is that if we could put out, you know, a, a 30 minute EP couple times a year, then that would uh, fill the gaps. But of course, it takes two years to make a record these days, at least for us, since we do it all ourselves. Right. And that's something that's, you know, it's a little atypical uh, back in the day, but it's, it's certainly more common these days. So it, it was that just a, is that a choice by... Uh, is that a choice by strategy or is that just how you came to do it? Did you have like an overarching vision like, hey, we're going to like write and record and produce our own stuff and we're going to do it all in-house and that's that's the way we want to do it or it was just like, ah, it's cheaper to do it this way? I think it was a combination of the two. I mean, we, we like, you know, we, we, we would love to record in a big fancy studio. I mean, that's something that we want to do. But that costs a lot of money, and at the same sure time, does. we have the facilities to do it. And I actually, I actually, um, I became part of the band when uh, I w- was helping them record their last record, "Whoa." And oh, right, um, the one uh, 20, uh, 2013, I think. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I, you know, we were doing that at our house. And then after that, it just seemed like a, the most natural thing to do is just to do another record here. And also, we've had experiences before where we've recorded with producers that we don't really know or in studios that we've never recorded at. And, you know, it felt like we could really be meticulous about what we wanted if we did it ourselves. And we trusted Jeff a lot to help us along the way so it just seemed like the natural thing to do yeah we could be like too meticulous at times but <laughs> overtly meticulous like a... i mean that it's, it's one thing but i mean for me as a as a producer and engineer it's hard it's hard to hand over that control to somebody else i would love to do it and have faith uh in in that in whoever's doing it and and sometimes we can i'm, I'm sure we can in the future but this time it was like, you know, we know what we want. We think we know how to get it. And it's going to be a journey to get there. So and it also uh, kind of like inspires more pride in what we do. Like hearing the final product and knowing that it was completely DIY is really, it feels great, you know? So on a, on a I guess on a, a score of guided by voices to steely dan like how how obsessive do you do you guys get as far as what what you're presenting like a um <laughs> well there's do a you like that scale i think that's a pretty good up for the top of my head i don't know where we, i mean i don't know where we'd fall in that scale or if i could na- name a name a band or project that we that that we could you know make an analogy to but um you know we 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 
we we worked as hard as we could and then at a certain point you have to you know you have to kill the baby so they say you know you have to you have to you have to put it to bed you have to say it's done and uh and right. and usually at that point you're still not quite satisfied but then you listen to it a month later and you're like man it came out great <laughs> exactly yeah yeah because I, I mean I, I think there was a gosh i can't even remember who said it but you get so close to something and you spend so much time on it and you know the, the writing phase and the recording and the mixing and the mastering and all of it that you get to the point that like you don't you're like oh my god we invented this thing called music i think it's amazing and then you're <laughs> like oh my god this is terrible like you go through this like crazy like mood swing and then you spend a little time away from it you come back and you can actually hear it for for what uh, it so- is so many times, there were so many times when we had doubts. We were like, maybe this was a bad decision doing it ourselves because, you know, we got tripped up along the way or things didn't sound right or, you know, whatever it was, the mixing process. I personally don't like mixing. I love the recording. I love the recording. I love the editing. I love all that. But when it comes to mixing, I'm like, you know, uh, I do it a lot, but. It's one of those things where I'll do a mix of a song and then it'll it'll sound great and then and then five minutes later it'll sound terrible and then I'll have to redo it. <laughs> it you know, it'll tear it all down and start over again. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think it's 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 interesting because the sort of modus operandi that Batwings Catwings operates in it it there's a certain pop appeal and like radio friendliness to it, but with a serious informing of of noisy music and. Uh, you know, for lack of a better term, it used to be called noise pop, I suppose, uh, and kind of like crazier influences, but kind of maintaining a real hookiness to it. So that's a fine line. Like it can go like one, one, one way, <laughs> one step more this way, one step more that way, and it would be a little less defined and a little less you guys. So it, it's kind of. Do you find that is that a? I guess I think that I think that Dana can probably speak to this better than I can. But for, I mean, for me personally, like I've all I've wanted to make music that people might like that I like that other people <laughs> might also like too. And 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 uh, I mean, you know, in in previous projects, that was not that was not important. That was not that was not. Uh, that was, that was not something I was going for, but but definitely in Batwings, like we're thinking, we're thinking about that, and I don't think that's a bad thing to think about. I think if you're a band and you're going to be performing and you're going to want people to listen to your music, to 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 think about what they might want to hear and what they might want to see, I think is important. Yeah, I think um, as a band, the last thing we want is to alienate anyone listening to us, and um, I like. I like the community aspect of making music. And so in my mind, it's like, like that element of inclusivity that like anyone around can enjoy your music is like one of the things that drives me and I think drives us all. Um, So yeah, I think you're exactly right. It is a fine line to walk, but um, I think we've gotten to a place where we're all pretty happy with that balance that we're able to achieve together. We have like a lot of the same influences, I think, but also we each come from a unique place musically. Um, So it's really cool to collaborate with everyone. Like everything that we write is completely collaborative. And I think we have been able to come up with something somewhat unique, but also still approachable. 
Yeah, and and it's for I mean for me it's either that it's like you you don't want to alienate people or like you want to alienate everybody in the building. I mean those are the two options for me. <laughs> you don't want to half-ass your alienation if that's what you're yeah. Going for. I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna piss off people then piss off everyone and then and then and then you've gotten somewhere. It's uh I thought <laughs> that that's that's quite the maxim. I guess you can embroider that <laughs> and put it on a put it on the wall and a. Well, no half measures, right? <laughs> right, exactly. No half measures, indeed. No, and I think it's it's interesting because I think that that's where some of the more interesting stuff in music, it, for me, is happening. Like, there's bands like Torch and Helms Lee that, you know, come from a very, uh, you know, ag- aggressive place, but bring in these, like, really cool harmonies, and they, they bring in, I guess, for, <laughs> for lack of a better term, some of the more fun elements of, like, big rock and roll. Right. And it it's went from and especially and heavy music is so reactionary to conservative that, you know, it's false metal. It's like, all right, whatever, dude. But right. uh, I love that. I love that. That's it's like, OK, to have fun, with like loud, crazy music. And because uh-huh. for me, it's I mean, I'm have just as much fun listening to some something crazy like you know, six finger satellite or, or, or like some crazy noisy, like, you know, you know, early day savvy fab or something. That's just as awesome. And it's kind of inclusive as it is like listening to like cheap trick or like listening to like thin Lizzy or like Van Halen or whatever. Like it all kind of is part of like a, a big booyah base of, of, of things. And I realize other people don't always feel that way. Uh, and times I've especially realized this is being on tour. Uh, but it, it's, it's interesting that you guys you guys ride that line that I don't know of many bands doing what you're doing right now. And I think you do it well. And I think it's 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 Thank you. It's Thank you. It's worthy work, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Like it's I think that's where the most I think that's where innovation happens and I think that uh, and I, and I've listened to the the new one uh, quite a bit since I've gotten it, which I must admit has been recently, but you know, all the hallmarks of what you guys do are there, but I think it's like the best realization of, of what you've done so far. I think Batwings Catwing started out as kind of a more dissonant, uh, sounding band. And, and, and when you, when you're in a project like that, there is something special that happens when you play a show and you are alienating people, uh, there's this thing that happens where that one person will come up to you after the show and be amazed at what you did. And you feel like, oh man, there, we actually found somebody on our level that, you know, enjoyed it. Like, right. that's great. That's why we did it. And, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've, I, I feel like I've been in, in enough bands and projects that, that have, have been in that area. And, uh, and, and so for us, it's, you know, t- taking a, taking a, a more pop approach and I hesitate to use that word, but that's what it is really. I mean, it's, it's, it's melodic and it's fun and it does have those hallmarks, like you say, of a lot of like classic stuff. So, uh, you know, it's intentional. Yeah. And I think that, um, this record is a really authentic expression of what we actually like to listen to. And, um, that's kind of what right, we were trying. Right. <laughs> that's, which, which you wouldn't kind of what... you wouldn't think that'd be so rare, but <laughs> oh, yeah, so rare. I mean, <laughs> how many, uh, you know, we'll play shows with with bands, and like we're not even sure if they really like the music that they're playing. I mean, mm-hmm. hopefully they do. Hopefully they do. But uh, but yeah, I. Uh, but yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's all I have to say yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and, and you can end up in situations where, yeah, I mean, not to turn her back around on myself, but my old band, like, you know, we uh, used to play so much, and we would always hear, we'd always play with the same kinds of bands that were allegedly in the same genre as us. And it got to the point that I didn't want to hear another band that really liked the Jesus Lizard or that really liked the Melvins. And all I was listening to was, like, classic rock, because it was different. It was different, and I was finding something out of it that, Kind of made classic made... rock was different. Yeah, it's definitely different. So the moral of the story is classic rock is different from noise rock, in case you're you're wondering. Uh, no, but it's 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 interesting like where people pull things from. And a, a lot of bands get criticism for that. You know, the, they'll be in some experimental noise band for a while that'll all of a sudden make a record that sounds like ACDC. And a lot of their fans will be like, you know, what what the hell? You know, you are making such uh, great progressive music and then then you made stuff that sounded like stuff we've heard before and then usually their answer is is well this is music that we listen to and we like it and and that's why we did it right and that's i mean not only is there nothing wrong with that like you think it would i don't know you think it'd be a little more common but i, I guess <laughs> you're in this weird situation in music right now where and a lot of this has to do with the availability of everything is that you know, it isn't like you know, 20 years ago or something where the only records maybe you heard were like whatever was at like the local record store and you didn't have any way of knowing anything else. You have immediate availability of all these different kinds of genres of music and all these different things to kind of pull whatever you want out of. And, you know, sometimes that manifests itself in sort of like, I guess like, for lack of a better term, like old Beck sort of way where it's just like genre jumping around and stuff like that. But I think... Right. It doesn't have to be like that. I think you can, you can like, you can love like the big, ridiculous, you know, pomp and circumstance of something like Kiss, without you know necessarily loving the incredibly like sexist, misogynistic content of the of the music as well. And you, uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh. there's nothing wrong with that. And and I think that that's we're entering an, into an interesting age now where we're having all these people that are more informed musicians i think than in previous times and i don't know i think that that's really fascinating to me when we when we started making music that was more more melodic and more traditional in in some ways i think that i personally and i can't speak for the rest of the band but i i expected a little bit of blowback you know kind of kind of maybe some negative reviews or something uh you know the the i the 90s idea of oh selling out and making music that is you know trying to be popular or whatever right we, right we we haven't experienced that really at all and i guess that makes sense cuz the music is more accessible and more people are probably going to like it because it's something it's something that they're familiar with at least the sound is um right like, I mean, definitely different a few different faces at our shows and missing faces from back in the day. But uh, for the most part, I think that people have been liking what we're doing and um, we're just, you know, as, as a musician and an artist, you also have to like be able to continue to entertain yourself in the process of making things. Right. Cause I mean, otherwise, you know, there's no heart that goes into what you're doing. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you just keep doing that same thing over and over again, you might get tired of it. 
Yes, I mean that's it's a it's a recipe for burnout, I think, to to a certain degree. But it's no, it it's neat that. And again, as, as someone that like I've always been a fan of, like like how I came to music myself was certainly through these like kind of noisier bands. You know, for me it was it was Nirvana, and that led me to, like Butthole Surfers and Sonic Youth and the Melvins and Fugazi and whatnot. And that and but they always you know I, I also grew up with like Black Sabbath and Neil Young and. Like all these like classic rock bands, I always thought were cool, but it was like the noisy stuff that kind of hit me in a different way. So I I think that's something that's really interesting with you guys as a band is that there's kind of that like you keep the songs very short and and catchy, but there's also these kind of like weird proggy little bits that I just I love that. I mean I think I think you're doing you do that really well, and I think you do it with less. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm <laughs> I guess I'm some. I feel like uh, I and 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 and. And a few, and then and the other other members of the band too are similar to you in that yes, it was like the influential bands were yeah Fugazi and Drive Like Jehu and and these bands from the '90s that blew our minds that weren't playing minor pentatonic guitar solos and stuff like that. Um, but uh, but but uh, but yeah, you know you. You you listen to something like I don't know like when I think of something that really influenced me it's like listening to like something from Rob Crow like you know uh, Heavy Vegetable or Thingy right where, right where it was a little strange but obviously like the 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 pop influence was there the the harmonies and the melodies were there and he kept his songs really short because (laughs) right like heavy heavy vegetable almost made the pixies seem like king crimson or something as far as that goes you know right (laughs) yeah uh and you know and then the thing about keeping your song short is that people say hey your songs should be longer you just tell them well you can listen to it twice (laughs) (laughs) right it's still allowed to do multiple listens so so dana as far as that goes how does that feel like when you're setting like lyrics and and words to it like how do how does that is Sorry, can you re- can you repeat that? You're breaking up. Oh way. yeah, is is that a challenge then? If uh, let me actually get on mic like a radio professional. How about that? Uh, when you're doing, when it's time to do lyrics and it's time to sing, like, uh, do you find that ever to be a challenge? Uh, with, Write, with these writing song structures? lyrics, yeah, for the for this band and the song structures, just what what's that process like? Um, it really depends on what I'm going through in my life at any given moment, like, um. I'm a writer by trade. Dana writes all the lyrics for the songs. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Cer- certain things will like inspire me more easily. Like, I don't know, writing songs in the summertime usually is a good time for me because it's it tends to be a season where I feel really inspired. And um, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's that challenging to write to this song structure that is usually how we do it we'll usually uh come up with the music parts first and then i'll sort of go off on my own and write in my room for like weeks and months would you dana would you say that the writing the lyrics has gotten easier over time because the music has changed or for other reasons um i mean i think Maybe it has gotten harder since we've gone the more melodic route. Um, when I first joined the band, it was when when our drummer Clay like reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to start a new band with him and two other guys. And 
they sent me like three really dissonant songs and the only thing and they had asked me if I wanted to write some lyrics to them and we could play them together at a rehearsal space but the only thing I could think to do was just like yell on top of this music right right so (laughs) I mean like that was easy you know I just wrote some like good point crazy lyrics and I yelled them and holler over it and there you go yeah. <laughs> now you actually got to come up with melodies that, yeah. have, that have a cadence and they have, they have a <laughs> capitulation. And... Yeah. And so sometimes I get really nerdy about like double meanings and things like that. So sure. it's it's a challenge, but it's also really fun. And I mean, part of the reason why I decided to do more melodic stuff was my voice was really giving out. Oh, it's when hard. I was writing all those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's real hard. Yeah. It's, it's especially when you do it. Yeah. Especially when you do like a lot of it, you know, if, if you like night after night, it takes a toll. It's, it's difficult mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. There was like one time when we went on tour to South by Southwest and we played like, uh, something like nine shows in like a week yep. or less than that maybe. But, um, by the ninth show, my voice was literally like gone by the last song of the set. Yeah. And I was just like, guys, I cannot keep doing this. I have to like do a different vocal style to like change things up. So And there's like there's there's singing and then there's yelling and then there's screaming. And yep. then those are all <laughs> those, those are, are all... three different ways to vocalize <laughs> three, and three uh... different ways to abuse your body, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and it, but it's not, I mean, that's a common thing, though. I mean, it's, uh, ask Rick Froberg, you know, that's, hey. <laughs> right? right? That's one of the reasons that we, uh, it, it took so long for Drive Like Jay to come back, is he just was, like, bummed out from <laughs> from the type of vocal, like, having to do that every night. And I get it, man. It's it's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've, 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 I've never really been a full-time vocalist, so I don't know what it's like, but, uh Yeah. Well, I, I will say that the world changed for me a lot when I discovered throat coat tea because that stuff is a is is a lifesaver or a show saver, I guess, not a lifesaver. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's. I gotta try that. It's highly recommended. It will it will <laughs> it will save your ass. Seriously, oh. mm. I feel like I should get an endorsement from them because I've, I've recommended it to so many people, but unfortunately, they are they are not a sponsor of the show. Uh, so, as far as the lyrical content goes, like, what? I mean, do you have any, uh, Dana? Any? folks that you really like look to for like inspiration or, or, or like you know when you when you turn a phrase is there any is there anybody that you think of that you're like wow yeah that's that's the person i want to you know do it like that like yeah. oh man um it's really hard to think off the top of my head yeah sure no pressure uh- <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i feel like you uh I, I i feel like your vocals really come from a personal place like I don't feel like you're trying to channel any other vocalist or you're trying to do something that anybody else has done. If anything, if anything, it's, it seems to me like, uh, it's, it, it, it's like you have all of your favorite music, both male and female vocalists and you love them. And some subconsciously it probably influences you. Yeah, I think so. But I mean, like at least from my perspective, it doesn't seem like there's like one or two vocalists that are like, doing exactly what you want to do well yeah. yeah but i mean that was i wasn't necessarily being like who who are you trying to ape necessarily but it's also like i mean for me you know I, you would never necessarily know that 
two of my favorite vocalists are like Tom Waits and John, John Donnell from the Mountain Goats because they don't sound a goddamn thing like either. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but I love how they both turn a phrase. I, I love you know how they um, how they punctuate certain parts of the song, things like that. I guess that's more like what I'm referring mm-hmm. to. Huh. Like I, I, I'm, this is this is me trying to go out of my way to not ask you who your guys are. I suppose. Uh, <laughs> no. Um. You know, a kind of weird thing is when I was when I was really young, like around. I don't know, 10, 11, 12, 13. I was very into East Coast hip hop. And oh, wow. Okay. All right. You know, like that hip hop in that time was really all about storytelling. And that was one of the things that inspired me to be a writer. And, you know, musically, it definitely has an influence on what I do lyrically. Um, I think my goal is just to always tell a story and like infuse visual elements into that. Hmm, interesting. And, and that's, well, it's fascinating that, you know, that, that that's an interesting and laudable goal, especially considering like you guys don't have long songs. I mean, they're, they, they kind of get in and get out. So you have to sort of like, <laughs> well, you don't need many words to tell a story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's true. I suppose that's true. I mean, the, the, the songs don't start out, once upon a time. <laughs> Maybe it's just the story of one moment in and time. Like Dana said, I mean, one of the things that she that she's pretty good at and she likes to do is a sort of a double meaning. So if she can fit if she can fit a couple meanings into to to one lyric, then we killed two birds. Of course, yeah, and that's uh, you know, it, it's it's economy of, of yeah. verbosity. I suppose. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's it's vocal efficiency, lyric <laughs> lyrical efficiency, right? Well, and uh, you know, you're gonna you're gonna be seeing a very very lyrically efficient band tonight. That's true. I, I mean, guided by voices. Let's just cite them yet again. As I think a, the efficiency. I think it affects the entire band. I mean, I think all the instruments. I think we're we're very. Uh, you know, I tend to write songs that are actually very long that we have to really cut down when when we when when I bring them to the rest of the band and we we finish them and most of my I'll write a song that's got a 3 minute long intro and it's just like that's not going to fly in this band we've got to get to it right away. <laughs> right, right. So don't got, don't bore us get it to the chorus. I've got to, I've got to figure out how to condense these parts into something that gets the idea across right away. Mm-hmm. And, and also just like the scene that we tend to perform in in Los Angeles, like I feel like people have an even shorter attention span here than anywhere else because everything that's popular here is like really garagey and quick, punky, but we're not that. So like, yeah, that's true. That got like mo- like most of the bands that we play with write really short songs. So we've kind of got a even have, shorter have, than ours. We have we have a format to fill. <laughs> Right, yeah, and you know, I mean, it's it's a very, it's very rich with other entertainment options, and as well, and you know, there's there's, it's definitely, you know, I, I suppose the stakes are different when you're like the the noise pop band from Poughkeepsie, than it is if you're down in Los Angeles, as far as well, I mean, the, the and the the other part of that is you have more people that are, ideally, uh, willing to like take a chance on something new. And, and check something out as well. But yeah, it, mm-hmm. it is a different a different thing for sure. So what I'm telling you is Los Angeles is different from Poughkeepsie, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> what is it like up in uh, 
in Oakland? Well, right now, yeah, Oakland is probably the most creative hotbed of the Bay Area right now. But interest in live music has been like on the downswing for the past five or six years. Like all the excitement is in technology and Mm -hmm. dot coms and things along those lines. And most, a lot of people have been priced out of San Francisco straight up. Oh yeah. No, we've heard all about it. I mean, it's obvious. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's a real thing. So a lot of, you know, a lot of artists have relocated. A lot of bands have just broken up. You know, people get priced out all the time. Like I had the guys from Kowloon Walled City on, uh, you know, they had just gotten an awesome new drummer and she had to move out of her apartment and was priced out and had to leave like immediately. And that's like Kowloon Walled City who are like, they do pretty well. Like that's a pretty well-known band, but she could not afford to stay in the Bay. And right. even like still like playing in like, you know, one of her favorite bands. He's like, nope, can't do yeah. it. So she had to, Los like, Angeles is still one of these cities where like you can, you can, you can find a place to live that's pretty cheap. That's not too far away. You do have to own a car, probably. Right. Uh, but you, you can you can you can find a rehearsal space relatively cheap. I mean, we use an hourly rehearsal space, and uh, oh, you know, wow. we don't ha- we don't even have a lockout anymore. But it's it's like you know fifty bucks every every week, and that's that's not it's ten bucks out of our pocket. Um, well, well, now, and, and I guess if you have a, you know, if you're if you're there to work and you're not, you know, it might incite you to, to get things done instead of like, oh, you'll never believe what, you know, did you see what happened on this TV show? Oh, yeah, show? just no. <laughs> taking a bunch, bunch of breaks and, yeah, it, do, it does do that. But, yeah, my, my point is, is that you can live in the San Fernando Valley, you can live in East L.A., and those are places that are still affordable. And not only that, but if you're a musician, then you can find... You can find a venue that that where you can play. You know there right. there are play there are pop up venues. There are there are like you know warehouse shows. There are house shows. There are art shows. There are even the larger venues are often willing to take a chance on a smaller band if you're opening up for somebody. And and I I feel like that that opportunity might not exist in other cities, especially a place like San Francisco. Oh, I guarantee you, you you you, you can't. <laughs> Yeah, if, you're, you're correct. If if you're if you're a, if you're a hardworking person that doesn't have a tech job in the Bay Area, then you can't live in the city. So, no, your your assessment is pretty much right on, and and I and I hate to say that because you know some of my favorite bands came out of uh, San Francisco. You know, like Flipper, still a little bathtub. You know, Melvin's had did a really good run of stuff here, but it's just not it's not musician friendly at all right now. And all the things you just mentioned are not really the case here. Like everyone's very conservative uh, in a lot yeah. of ways. Where are you going to live? Like B- Vallejo or something? Yeah, like- it, there are. I, I seriously read an article about that this morning, <laughs> which, huh. is, which is like, wow, really? <laughs> okay. Vallejo. Yeah, huh? Move to Stockton, Stockton and. Uh... Right. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> at, what, at what point do you just call it? You know, I mean, come on, really? Uh, but yeah, and and that's something that I think Los Angeles has a interesting vibe that because there's this stuff is spread out, you know, stuff is spread out, but it's it's something where there's plenty of space for kind of everyone to do their thing. Like there can be all kinds of things happening that maybe you don't care about, but that's okay because there's... if you're a motivated young person, you could be a teenager in LA, and I think that you could actually like start promoting your own venue. If you lived out in the Inland Empire or something like that, it's it's completely feasible that you could make that happen. And it's happened many times before. 
I mean, we've seen people say, hey, I know a lot of bands and we have a space where bands can play and it's not legal, but we're going to get it done. And it, it might be in Riverside or it might be in Pomona or it might be in East L.A. or whatever. But and we've I know as as Turbo Lightning, we played shows that were, you know, house shows in the valley and mm-hmm. and that we've played our art shows in Santa Clarita. And all of these all of these places are, you know, half an hour to an hour to hour and a half outside of downtown L.A. proper. Yeah. And also like um, a couple of weeks ago, we played this event called Save the Smell Fest. And ah, I, I had a note to ask about that. Yes. Yeah. It was organized by these three kids that are probably like 19, 20 years old. Oh, wow. <laughs> they managed to get like 500 people there and raised like 15 grand for the smell. And, you know, they did it all themselves with obviously the help of people that were willing to volunteer. But for the most part, it's like really crazy and awesome to see that that kind of energy in LA. And that's part of the reason why we love being here, you know? Yeah. So LA, LA, LA. So great. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, we get it. We get it. Awesome. Good for you. Good for you. No, but I mean, that, that is something. And the smell especially is being, you know, such a important icon for like all ages shows and kind of just a, a, a safe space, if you will, for yeah, that and, and pair space too. Yeah. For, for being, for just cool, weird stuff to happen. I mean, certainly like it was, I always felt that they were a kind of oasis amongst the, <laughs> you know, the yeah. unfeeling hordes that way. And it was, it, it's, it's terrible what has been happening with the smell and for those uh, not knowledgeable, there's plenty of articles about, about that. Well, everyone is doing their best. Everyone who is involved is doing their best to try to raise money so that we can find a new venue and it can continue. I mean, this is not the first time the smell has had problems like this. And it's not the first time the smell has been forced to move or has moved. It originally started in the valley and, and right. moved to downtown LA. And at that time, downtown LA was pretty obscure for a venue. I mean, it was I, re- not- I remember. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I remember well. <laughs> that, that's one of the questions on a lot of our minds is like, what is the relatively obscure place now that the smell would move to? Right. <laughs> like, we're trying trying to imagine where it would end up. It's going to be someplace that's inaccessible and and weird and creepy. Yeah, where you can hopefully get something for relatively cheap and not have people around that are going to be bothered by freaky rock and roll bands and whatnot playing and allow the freedom for this creative expression that yeah it is a it is a great place i mean last last week we played a show at the smell um with a band from claremont and like and it it must it might have been their first time ever playing the smell but it it was clear that they brought out all their claremont friends and they were teenagers they were literally like that, you know, when I was talking to them and I told them I graduated from Claremont High School in 1998 and the bass player was like, oh, that was the year I was born, you know, <laughs> so it's like, oh, man, uh, these, these, these are young, young people who are like still bringing out people to, to these shows. So there's still a demand for it. Oh, God. Yeah. My favorite is when you'd be like, oh, yeah, I was born in like whatever. It's like, cool. I was on tour that year. Like, yeah. Oh. Really? <laughs> uh. Aging blows. <laughs> I mean, because I still yeah. feel the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and you know, we've been. I mean, well, I mean, I I feel like 
I feel pretty lucky that, you know, that we, we can be, I guess, older than these bands and still play great shows with them. Right. Right. It's still, there's, <laughs> it, it still works, which, which is, I mean, I think it's that's one still, of the things, that's one of the cool things about rock and roll is that, you know, I, I think that there's, I was actually just talking about this the other day that there's kind of like a lack of respect for one's elders in the uh, contemporary hip hop and rap world that I just don't really understand. Like it's just like a casual disdain. Yeah. It's history. strange. I, I usually expect that in like in the rock scene, but it I don't, I haven't seen it yet. And maybe it's behind my back. I don't know. No, but. I mean, I think if anything, there's there's more reverence than there than there used to be, and I think that that's. I mean, I don't know if it's surprising, but I guess it's it's uh you know it's encouraging, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, I mean, last year we went to see Drive Like Jehu, and they did their reunion tour, and like there were a lot of young people there, and they just got they were they were just on tour last week, right? Yep. And so, um, yep. and they're. They're older than we are. They sure are. <laughs> still, just still doing it with the same same rock moves and everything. Yeah, it's and it's it was great. I mean, I never, I never thought I'd ever get to see them even one time, and I've actually seen them three times now. And yeah. uh, you know, change drop one of which at the personal he, request of one of the band members, which is like, okay, how am I going to say no to that? Great. Yeah, you were yeah you were at that show in San Diego, and they played uh, in Balboa Park, right? Yeah, we had like five thousand yeah, other people yeah. that were like, "What is this going to be like?" Man, <laughs> what is this? So amazing. I've never been a part of anything fact, like it. The fact that they did it for free and all those people came out. Yeah. yeah did you great. catch them when they played in the Bay Area? Yeah, so I saw them at the at the Independent, uh, which is the San Francisco venue. I, and it was fantastic. And it was definitely one of those shows that brought out like everyone, like people I haven't seen in mm-hmm. years, like people, like old rock and roll people, people that used to come out to shows all the time and just stopped like whatever. And it was fantastic. It was, it was, a, it, was it was a blast on many levels. And I think they were even better than they were at the, at the San Diego, the Oregon thing for yeah. sure. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, like, you know, again, like being personally invited to like, you know, Rick's like, Hey, you should come down to the, to the San Jose show. I'm like, ugh, dude, I, I work right by there, but like, I, it's Saturday. And he's like, just come down, I'll put you in the list. I'm like, how do you say no to that? How mm-hmm. do you say no to that? <laughs> Rick Froberg says, come down to the show, I'll put you on the list. I was like, okay, Rick Froberg, I will. And then it was funny because that show, The Ritz, they uh, they have these kind of like, the speakers, the main loudspeakers are kind of like directionally, um, kind of almost like a 30 degree angle. So if you sit, right, if you stand right up front, you're not going to hear the vocals, right? Like oh, it's just that. That's, That's like most shows, right? Right, but th- this one it's a little more pronounced, and people kept yelling, uh, "You know, oh, we can't turn off the vocals, we can't hear the vocals." And, and John Reese like took a moment just to be like, "All right, well, well, everybody, I'm here to tell you something that if you want to hear the vocals, you're gonna have to stand back. I know, I know, you want to get blessed <laughs> with the holy water of our sweat. We get it." But you're gonna need to stand back if you want to hear the vocals. Up here, not gonna hear it. Back there, that's where you'll hear it. And like, it was, yeah. it was really funny. And like, it, I had three. Right. Surprised Sorry, he did it. I'm surprised it just took him one minute because when we when we saw him last time, he he, he talked for a good twenty minutes. I think <laughs> <laughs> you well, could see you could see Rick go, you know, looking over at him, going, "All right, like, wrap oh, it up, okay, John. You're, you're hamming it up." <laughs> well, and the, the best thing was there was at least three dedicated sound people in the audience, uh, and they were all like, ah! <laughs> because they were all, of course, thinking exactly the same thing as anyone that understands sound would. But I digress. I could talk all night about shows I've been to. But uh, 
so we we talked one of the things we talked about was uh, was Turbo Lightning. What's the differentiation between Turbo Lightning and Batwings Catwings? They're different bands, right? Yeah, they they're different bands. I mean, they have different different origins. I mean, uh, so, uh, Batwings Catwings has been around for how long has Batwings Catwings been a band now? Since end of two thousand nine. Yeah, so it's 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 been a while, and and uh, and Turbo Lightning was sort of a new. Turbo Lightning was a new thing that that Dana and I did with uh, my my roommate at the time, Zach Lewis, who now plays in Hex Horizontal. Hex Horizontal, the great Hex yeah. Horizontal. They're and amazing. Prissy Whip and Prissy Whip and yeah. Prissy Whip and uh, and you know uh, like Zach and I go way back to. I mean, we have we have a relationship that goes back like you know the the mid 2000s when when he lived in Chicago and we were swapping emails about really geeky stuff and it it made sense for us to start a band that involved the things that we loved it was kind of like okay it's got this kind of proggy stuff but it is also poppy and 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 uh and Dana's vocals um i mean some people some people hear Dana's voice and they see me on stage and 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 that's it. And they they think, what's the difference between Turbo Lightning and Batwings Catwings? They're they're both you guys. But for us, it was a very different thing. And and the way we approached it was very different. And obviously, the the music to us sounded very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel like for me, uh, Turbo Lightning was more pop. I mean, it was poppy for sure, but more experimental. Like it was more like anything goes. Working with me, Jeff, and Zach, and our drummer, Aaron, it was like everybody was pretty much down to try anything musically and sound-wise. So Yeah, you know, we were like building our own instruments and, and MIDI controllers. Oh, wow. and we were we were we had like, you know, projections that we wanted to use on stage. And we had really long developmental sections of songs and like kazoo solos and stuff. And that stuff just doesn't really fly in Batwings Catwings. Batwings Catwings has has their their formula down, and and so it really was a way for us to be like, all right, let's make music however we want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, I always say that the heart of Batwings Catwings is our drummer Clay. You know, he was the one that that found me and what's that that brought everyone together yeah and um he's just like he's had this vision for the band for a long time and he's a really awesome guy to be in a band with because he's willing to do like all the administrative stuff like oh god yeah he does everything (laughs) that's the worst (laughs) yeah i mean he does it he he books all our shows pretty much and he books tours and he like is the point person that talks to our record labels and things like that. And just like anything that has to do with logistics, Clay does it with a smile. And like, that's really cool. It really leaves us a lot of space to like focus on creative stuff. Um, so yeah, like we kind of try to great guy. What's his number? (laughs) (laughs) He would be like an, a really great band manager if he ever wanted to do that, actually. He has yeah. that tool set, which a lot of people yeah. don't. So that's, yeah. I mean. It's, yeah. I, I mean, it's a tool set and it's motivation. I mean, he, this, this band is his life and, and he'll do anything to make it happen. I mean, we, 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 we threw out the idea like a few weeks ago about going to Japan in November. 
And then, like, I I think that night he was looking up plane tickets and starting to book <laughs> yeah. shows. I mean, like, <laughs> wow. So yeah. as, as, of, as of right now, we're going to Japan in November, and we're pretty excited about it. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's weird, yeah, but- so Clay is amazing, and he deserves so much credit for everything that we've done as a band. And, yeah, like, to me, Turbo Lightning is kind of me and Jeff, but Batwings Catwings is really Clay. You know, we're just kind of, like, executing. He's the team captain, and we're just, like, executing his vision for the most part. Yeah, <laughs> like it's Clay's world, and you're just living in it, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and I mean with Turbo Lightning, like Dana said, anything goes. We could we could bring anything to the to the to the practice room and and it would be a viable idea like, you know, like I said, a kazoo solo. Like if I brought a kazoo to Batwings Batwings <laughs> rehearsal, I would be laughed out of the room, but Turbo like, Lightning No, bro. Like, no. Okay. That's a great idea. Yeah, we'll put the kazoo in there. And <laughs> let's make it sound like a flock of bees yeah let's, a flock of bees let's make it sound right. like a, a swarm of bees or, <laughs> or something like that you know just you know in, in in turbo lightning is we built these like these gloves for dana that were basically controllers for uh, a sampler so that she could press her fingers together and 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 make unique sounds with like oh, wow. starter and songs so there, there were lots of ideas like that zach and i are, are both inventors in that way um amateur inventors in that we want to come up with unique ideas but um i mean that's the that's the big difference between turbo lightning and batwings catlings batwings catlings are a rock band and it's and it is kind of headed by clay turbo lightning is this thing where we're like okay let's just do whatever the hell we want hmm Hmm. Very interesting. Okay, and and, and that's and, and hopefully uh, Turbo Lightning will, will. I mean, we're gonna continue to 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 make music and release it. I mean, Zach has has gotten more involved with Hex Horizontal because they've. I mean, they they've gotten a lot busier, and now with Prissy Whip, um, and he's no longer a roommate anymore. So wh- when we all lived in the same house together, it was easy because we ge- we could even rehearse at our house. <laughs> right. Yeah. You go to the other room and hey, let's let's go it, it work just, on this thing. Yeah. It just totally made sense that we were in a band together. When we all lived together, we we're gonna make music. Um, but it, it got a little harder, and um, and so so now it's it's kind of we're focusing more on Batwings, Catwings, and we just have the new album out. So, well, in a way, it's we- good you have yeah you have this. A kind of alter ego where you you both get to you know do something you love and kind of express yourself in a different way. Like it's it's nice to have that outlet. Yeah, and nothing has to go away. I mean, a Turbo Lightning <laughs> doesn't have to like disband because we you know can't rehearse every week. We can still do whatever we want. Yeah, yeah. Great. Well, and that's I mean, and and it feels like, and I I gotta admit, like when I first when I first heard, I didn't really understand what the difference between the two bands were at all. Like I was like, oh, it's it's good. I don't know which one's which. Like I, <laughs> like funny I know, I've seen heard. one of them. <laughs> I, yeah, I, and I'm being flippant, but of course, like it, it, like it's like you said, like we're just like, oh, it's got the same singer, like Jefferson both. There's more people in the one band, and like, I, like I, I knew I liked it, and I was like, all right, well, whatever. Like, okay, I'll figure that out when when time comes. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I mean, if people get them confused, it doesn't matter to us. I mean, what matters to us <laughs> is that they're, that, they're, that they're different. They're different artistic outlets. I mean, that's the most right. important thing. And you're kind of able to bring different things to it, and, and maybe even get th- different things out of the two of them as well. Yeah. 
not to put words in your mouth, but that's kind of what I'm getting at with it. Yeah, and with with Batwings, Catwings, where you know two guitars, bass, drums, vocals, Turbo Lightning, it was oh man, there were electronics involved. Um, yeah, there was that thing, the uh, the Omnicord thing. There, yeah, we yeah. we used the Omnicord. I mean, Zach played a six string bass. Uh, I mean, it was just it was <laughs> there were some there was some different <laughs> instrumentation going on. Sure. Yeah. Well, and that's you know that's so. How does that so? So with with Turbo Lightning and with Batwings, Catwings, how does this compare with your experiences with the Meishi? Well, I mean, the the the, the thing about the Meishi is that we we were around for so long and we went through so much together as a band, and there were different. We had different vocalists and we had different drummers, and there were different incarnations. And so for me, the like there were many, there were many experiences with the Meishi that taught me how to play with other musicians, and how to write music with other people, and how to how to get inspired and 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 that. So um, I think it was it was pretty easy and pretty seamless for me to you know join with Batwings, Catwings, and start playing, and then of course to start Turbo Lightning. It was there, like I said, like we said, there were, there were no rules, so it was, it was there was a lot of freedom. The Meishi at different points had there were elements of that freedom. There were also elements where we didn't have freedom, where we were trying, where you know, where we did have some rules. or some things had to be a certain way, and right, um, yeah. I mean, there there was there was just. There was too much going on with the Meishi to really compare. All I can say is that the experience helped me to, you know, be able to learn how to make music with other people. Sure, and and it seems like yeah, and there was definitely, you know, a few eras to contend with as well. And you know, it, it's it's interesting how that works and and how people connect with certain things, and uh, you know what what you take away from it for sure i think it's can be fascinating to kind of like look that as people's personal timeline but i mean in a way it's it's you know it's great that like you've got these records and you know these records are important to people and they're they're out there and it's it's always fascinating to you know, run into someone that would be like <clears throat> like oh you know, do you know the meishi and it's like it's like oh yeah i know i mean i talk to jeff and tim all the time blah 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 like oh no no i didn't mean if you know them i meant do you know who they are? Cause they're my favorite band. And like, it's someone from Australia or something. Ha, <laughs> and then I'm like, Oh, I'm a thousand years old. Don't mind me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that stuff's, that stuff's in the past, but, um, I mean, the Meishi, we've actually just, we've just confirmed a show, a re- like a reunion show for the end of September, September 30th of the smell. So, Oh really? Not, not, not to, not to plug too hard for that, but well, we, you, you, we are going to be playing. <laughs> You 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 heard it here, folks. First, folks. This is a Radio Nope world premiere. <laughs> it's not really a world premiere, but I, I had the drop handy, so I'm going to use it. Uh, that's Sound great. Sound bite. Yeah. Well, and the smell played an important part in the the Macy's history, so that makes sense. That's a very uh, yeah. As soon, as soon as we heard that the smell was having problems, you know, we in in the Macy were like, okay, let's do let's do our part because they played such a role in 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 helping us. So that's going to be a benefit for the smell. And is that going to be is it going to be like the OG lineup or like what's is it, is it going to be a surprise? Is it like show up and see what happens? It'll be it's going to be it's going to be OG, but um, 
it's kind of a a late 2005 lineup. We're gonna be playing with Corey Fogel, um, uh, who 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 did some European tours with us, and well, he also toured. We also toured in the U.S. with him, but we will be playing with Ezra as the vocalist. Well, we're gonna be playing older songs. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. That's uh, I was always a fan of the band, and it's many incarnations. And I was always, I guess, pleasantly shocked by the different ways that, you know, you would change and evolve Pokemon style to uh, different, yeah, <laughs> different lineups. Pokemon and different style. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a reference that uh, you wouldn't have used back in the day. No, I'm, gr- I'm, I'm glad <laughs> to be able to use it again. Somehow we're still relevant through Pokemon. <laughs> both Pokemon and the Meishi are both relevant. It's great. It's, these are amazing times you live in. Are you going to be there? I, just, I didn't even know about it till like right now. <laughs> <laughs> what day is that? The 30th? September 30th, yeah. It's not outside the realm of possibility? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, and right now, I think, uh, right now we're going to be playing with Sons of the Bitch. <laughs> Best band name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like when the, when the villain has like a heavy accent in like one of these 80s movies. <laughs> That's like what they would what they would call the, the hero. <laughs> yeah. Sons of that that's in so is well, that's, that a established band or is that a newer act or what's No, they're they're newer but they are established. It's uh Sean Carnage and uh Dalton Blanco who um Dalton played in Signals with uh John Gray who was also in the Meishi. Oh yeah, sure. And okay. Sean Sean Carnage was was very influential in booking shows at Paraspace. He had a Monday night there that sort of kind of put it on the map, I think. Interesting, sons of the bitch. Okay, so that's uh, just all, got all kind, all kind of stuff going on here. It's great. Uh, so, and and you also, and I, I guess I blasted right past it, but you're going to Japan in November. Is that that's crazy? Have you ever done that? I mean, not like uh, well, we Batwings has not, right? No, no. Where it, it's, I mean, we're still trying to figure it out right now. Like I said, it was something that was brought up a few weeks ago, and. We were like, there's no way we could have the money for that. And we looked at plane tickets and we thought, actually, they're kind of cheap right now. We might be able to make this work. Yeah. The Okay. So like the way it went down was I have this coworker who sent me a video that he made in Japan. And basically he had just seen that the plane tickets were like 400 bucks and he and his friend decided to go story. to Japan for one weekend to film a music video where they were like lip syncing to the killers or something. Cause it was like his <laughs> favorite song. What? So they decided to like, this re- is a coworker. my coworker. Okay. All right. So he decided to like, uh, they decided to recreate the video, which was shot in Japan. And I was just like, wow. that is <laughs> that's, that's uh, wow. Uh, if, if, he, if he can do that, then we can I go was to like, Japan. That is shows. so cool. <laughs> like I, I love that you did that. And then like, I just later on that night, I went to band practice and I was like, hey, guys, like this crazy guy I worked with that did this thing. Like, should we do it, too? On this most specious (laughs) and thin rationale ever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And like Clay was just like, oh, yeah, well, I was planning to go to Japan anyway in November because his wife is from there. So we're just like, it's probably meant to be. Let's just go. Yeah, it, I mean, it's hard for us to go on tour because, you know, we get full-time jobs and Clay, our drummer, he's got two kids. And um, so just going on tour is a difficult thing to do. 
going to Japan seems like it would be an impossible thing to do, but <laughs> because it's Japan and everyone got excited about it, somehow we're going to make it happen. <laughs> That's kind of the way it works. Sure. Like, it's like a U.S. tour sounds grueling and hard. Yeah, they are. From our jobs and our families and all that, but Japan... Oh yeah, let's go to Japan. <laughs> yeah, that's an that's an adventure. That's adventure based touring, which I feel like is the best way. Uh, that's the best type of touring is adventure based touring. That's that's right. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Cool. That's. And uh, are you going to film any killers videos while you're out there? We yeah, might. we're probably just going to do the exact killers <laughs> yes. video. You right. know, <laughs> we're actually not even going to play any shows. We're just going to lip sync to killers songs. So then, fast forward to uh, Dana's uh, coworker being like, "Those sons of bitches!" <laughs> like clicking on the internet. <laughs> it's a long, be a long way to go to do a diss. <laughs> Literally, but yeah, a long we're way to go. we're expecting to just like play a bunch of shows at hole in the wall places in Tokyo and Osaka and Kyoto. So. Yeah, It'll be fun. Sleep, sleep in some subway stations, you know. Yeah, whatever happens. <laughs> like I said, adventure-based touring. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's an adventure. Just call it an adventure, and it will seem less like an ordeal. That's what I've always done. <laughs> call it an adventure. Hey, let's do a four-week U.S. adventure. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna. It's a midwestern, southern adventure. Yeah. It'll be an adventure seeing as how many other people we meet that do not share our values and they're actively working to do us harm. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got some questions about uh, if bat wings are going to be coming up to the Bay Area anytime soon. Is that is that something that's in the in the, in the not, hopper? I mean, we're like we're, we don't have any shows up there scheduled, but it's not out of the question. I mean, if anybody wants to help us book shows up there we're totally down to come up yeah. on a weekend um we've been talking about doing a west coast tour i mean hopefully that will happen by the end of the year but we don't really we haven't really decided yet but if anyone wants to invite us to play in san francisco or oakland or anywhere we're always down to come up so yeah yeah we can, yeah. We can make that happen we, 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 we'll go where people want us or we'll go to Japan <laughs> to do killers. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. It's a binary choice, really. Um, no, man, we'd love to play in the Bay Area. We feel like we could do three or four shows just in a weekend up there. Yeah. Sure. And that's something that, uh, you know, that's, you know, uh, that's, there used to be bands that did that quite a bit, you know, and we would, we would always do the opposite. We would go down there and play, you know, you could you could play L.A. three or four different times and like play to completely different crowds every time. Mm-hmm. I think if you're a band and, you, and you're in you're in L.A., I think it's easy to be lazy about touring. And touring is one of those things that's so important to to being in a band. It is. However, however, with social media and with the Internet and with YouTube, you can you can exist without touring. It's it's hard, but you can make it happen. Um, but when you're in LA and you can play a different show every like we played like every single weekend for the past two or three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so like we can, we, I mean, w- w- with with rehearsals every week and a show every week, sometimes it's like you know, you you just think, why don't we just stick around here? I mean, different people come to our shows depending on where we're playing in LA. LA is big enough, right? But. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it is it's it, it's something that's so important. If there's, you know, if, if you're if you're stuck in a city or a town that doesn't offer 
like in what LA offers in terms of different venues and different parts of town and different counties and stuff like that, then you really have to tour. It's the only way to, to, to get out there. Um, Yeah. And I think you get, you find out more about a band when a band has toured than when a band just, you know, plays their local area, even, even if it's something as geographically diverse as Los Angeles and there's different areas to choose from and different crowds you can play to. I think you still get kind of the measure of a band when, for better or for worse, when you go out on the road. And, I mean, and... We were pretty much resigned to the idea that a record label would not pick us up because we don't have a history of touring and we didn't really have any plans to tour. Right. And that, that, that's lucky. like all that's all anybody cares about now, too. And it's like, wow, but it's incredibly yeah. difficult to do that if you have any kind of life outside of the band. Yeah. I mean, we, we got lucky because Broken World um, wanted to put out the record and and, uh, and and yeah, now now we want to go on tour. So, well, and it should it is something that should happen naturally because I mean there there are bands that tour that frankly have no business being on tour in any way, shape, or form, and that's not well, good for so the hard. band. That's not good for the audience. You know, whenever you tour, you have to play on Mondays and Tuesdays and Sundays, and you have to play shows where no one comes, and that's just a part of it. And that can be hard, and it can be heartbreaking, and it can be. I mean, it can be really tough, especially if you've got, you know, a really expensive rent to pay and and all that. But um but yeah. So I think, I think that we've established that touring is uh difficult. So it, glad, glad it, we did that. Okay. We can move on. <laughs> we can move we can move on. <laughs> no, but I mean I think it, it it like being in a band in twenty sixteen is, you know, a different thing entirely from being in a band two thousand six or nineteen ninety six. I mean it's Yeah. Now you have like Google Maps and stuff. Yeah, you don't have to have everything <laughs> printed out in a binder anymore. You don't have to stop at cell uh, at uh, at payphones everywhere to find directions to the venue that may not exist. When you're doing a tour diary, you don't have to stop at a library to put the diskette in the computer and send it to the. Yeah, what's <laughs> a diskette? <laughs> right, exactly. Not that I would know, of course, uh, but yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I remember the first tour van I ever had that I was ever in that had like a Wi-Fi router in it, and I thought that like that was state of the art. Yeah, you're like, we are totally in the Jetsons right now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. The Coast to Coast is the name of the record. We should probably mention that. I don't, I don't know if I ever did. I think I might have done it really when I was back announcing the songs, right? It's uh, Coast to Coast. Coast to Coast. And uh, people that ever wanted to buy this, they can, uh, well, they can get it directly off of, off of the Bandcamp. Um, they can get it off Bandcamp. They can get it from Broken World. And that's Broken uh, World Media. Broken, Broken World, World Media. Media.com. Dot right. com. And uh, they can buy it at our shows when we get it. Right, so when when they're in Japan, uh, watching you reenact killers' videos, they can also buy the uh, the record from you. Uh-huh. Right. Yep, it's on vinyl and cassette. It's a six. And it has um, it has a really beautiful art by Christopher Danko, who plays in a Bay Bay Area band that we really love called Religious Girls. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. The the record itself has like an etching on the B side of the art that he made. So we haven't seen it in person yet, but I'm sure it looks really cool. 
Yeah. <laughs> so the, 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 the record is a 12 inch, but it's an EP. So the, the non-musical side is just going to be an etching with the art. Oh, so cool. It, awesome. it will be a unique piece of vinyl. Mm-hmm. So uh, collectors beware. You can, uh, you can get your, get your copy and you can have a, a piece of art in multiple different levels, which is always a nice thing. And that's uh, and that's something that uh, this is the well. There's whoa, and there's like a there's like a seven inch, right? There's a couple other things that, that you can find all that at the discography at the at the Bandcamp site. I know is there a better place for people to be getting the back catalog? Um, we are also on Spotify. If you just want to stream, that's cool. I always us. forget that people like that because <laughs> I don't ever use it myself ever yeah. for any reason. Yeah, so, it's yeah. the easiest thing for a lot of people, but um, you know, we're we're everywhere: YouTube, iTunes, Apple Music. With you always. Yeah. Spotify. It's funny. I've gone on an extended rant about it. That like that's one <laughs> the one thing that I don't use at all. I don't. I mean, I still will take the money that comes from that. Don't get me wrong. Like, what, what money? <laughs> yeah, what little there is, I will I will take that money, but I have an account. And I've gradually over the years accumulated, you know, friends or followers or supplicants or whatever the hell it is for Spotify. Supplicants. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I never use it. So it, it, it's, it's come back. To, I have this running theory that people like the idea of Kona Neutron more than they actually like Kona Neutron. Uh, but it's, it's something that I, it's embodied by Spotify. And I, I but I recognize that other people like it and use it. And I, I get, uh, I, I get we've it. We've actually been surprised that people have discovered us on Spotify because mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I, I do use it. I'd use it because, I mean, we use I, it on the road. Yeah, we have mainly. to. I mean, we sure. Have, yeah. Like, I'm a composer by trade and I have to use it. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, whenever somebody comes to our show and wants to talk to us afterwards and they say, Hey, we heard about you on Spotify. It's kind of like, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how'd, how'd you do? Wow. Huh? huh. <laughs> how, did, how did that happen? <laughs> I, I'm, it shocks the hell out of me too, but it's, I guess it, I guess it does. I don't, I don't know. So you can't just drop that as an aside though. Like I'm a composer by trade thing. I didn't know if you wanted to discuss that or not, but I think that's fascinating. So, uh, can I can yeah. can you speak to that a little, please? Like what? Uh, well, I mean, uh, that's like being like, oh, and by the way, you know, since I'm a samurai, I have to uh, keep my sword. <laughs> yeah, we what what what? Wait, whoa, 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 back it up. It's 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 not such a rare job anymore. I mean, I I make music professionally for you know TV ads and stuff, which is, I mean, it's it's one of those things where the the teenager in me goes, oh my god, I can't believe I'm making ads for taco bell but then like the 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 adult in me says taco bell wants to use my music and the jokes on them in that case <laughs> i'll take their money you know um, right right but yeah I, I i work uh as a freelance composer i i um I, brad breek from the Meishi is also a composer a pretty successful one he's he does a lot of uh he does a lot of films and uh tv and cartoons he worked on the new the new uh Voltron cartoon and um and and a, and a few others and I get to work with him. He's got a new company now. But um yeah, it's it's not something that I talk about a whole lot because I mean shit, I'm in a basically in a punk band and I'm making music for corporations. It's not something I'm I'm totally proud of, but at the same time I am actually really happy to be able to make music for a living. I mean, that's yeah, a I mean, dream dream come true. 
there's a lot of people out there that have other day jobs where they're working for a corporation. It doesn't necessarily define who they are. I mean, it's yeah. As, and, uh, as Tacoma and, the Dolphin in the chat box just said, is it's like Devo style. I mean, Devo does the same thing. They got mutated right. music, right? I mean, they're <laughs> and and the thing is, is because I work freelance, because I work as a subcontractor. If if a company wants to hire me to 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 write some music, and I'm gonna write a demo for them. I can make it something that I want that that they might not necessarily like at all. I can just make music that I want and they can decide whether they want to use it, which is freedom for me. I mean, it's 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 one of those things where like I I don't have it's not like somebody is telling me exactly what I have to do and I have to do it. I can just do what I want. So that's really nice. Yeah, I mean there's something to be said for that level of freedom, right? I mean, it's and, and, in, in anything. And nothing goes to waste. I mean, if I write some music and nobody wants to use it, then I get to keep it and I get to release it as something else or do something else with it. Um, so yeah, so it's 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 a great job. Uh, there, there's a lot of people that 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 uh, you know ask me how I get got into it and and want to get into it themselves. And and the one thing I always tell people is that it is it's very difficult to get into and. And it's it's hard because when you when you work for yourself, you really have to hustle and you really have to chase down these these jobs and you never know when you're going to get paid. And even when you do get paid, you don't know when you're going to get paid. And when, <laughs> I, mean, it's, I mean, it can take can take six months to get paid for publishing. It just it's it's right, it's difficult. Right. And uh, so um I mean, I'm, I, there's there's a lot of people who can who can do what I do, but I don't I don't know how many people who can put up with the the stress and worry of dealing with you know when they're going to get their next job. Yeah, I mean, there's a certain degree of uncertainty and ambiguity with it. That uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. It sounds like it could be a drag in a lot of ways, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to deal with a lot of middlemen, which are you know, yeah, the middleman. There's always yeah, there's always there's always at least two or three people between you and the actual client. Yeah, that's uh, anyway. This stuff is not interesting. Yeah, well, it's inter- <laughs> it's interesting to some folks. I, I thank you for for speaking to it because it is a world that you know whether I am familiar with it or not, and I am familiar on some level. Like it, it, it's interesting to a lot of the listeners and. When I don't ask about this kind of thing, people would give, send me emails. So I, I'm basically just, I see. <laughs> I'm self-involved and don't want to have to deal with that. So, well, I'm I'm always trying to help other people, other friends get into this business, and it can be really hard. Um, oftentimes, I'm I'm in competition with some of my best friends. Yeah, that's awful. That's a. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that part of it's a drag. <laughs> that's a, it's not that's not a fun thing at all. I mean, it can be a drag, but it can also make you better at what you do. Well, so. it, yeah, that's a good point. So it, it can, if it makes you kind of step your game up in a way, and those and those compositional skills can be used for your bands as well. Like like those aren't skills that go away just because you're working on something that is your creative expression, right? I mean, oh yeah, no, I mean, uh, when I when I first got into that business, like. I had to learn to just turn on the creativity and get to work. And so now writing music for a band is, is kind of a luxury. It's like, you know, yes, I can make this happen. There's no such thing as writer's block. You know, I don't believe in it. Right. I can't, I can't believe in it. Not for my job. <laughs> right. I mean, the way I, the way <laughs> not I if you want to pay the rent, <laughs> I mean, writer's block for me is like, 
it, it, it's it, it, when you're doing something that so many people would love to do, and then you say, "I can't do it because of something I can't explain." That, that's just not an excuse to me. Uh, it's it's a uh, there's there's only a few things that can actually make writer's block. I think alcohol is one of them, you know, like that can really screw you up. Um, but other than that, it's like, I'm like, yeah, there's, there's always something inside you that can, that can make music. Well, and that's, I, I think that's kind of, insp- that's an inspiring message. You know, there's, there's, there's definitely worse messages <laughs> out there to be communicating right i mean that's uh, uh, that's a nice and i'm not thing. The, i'm not the first and only person to say this i mean there's a lot of writers that feel this way too dana's you're the first a, and the only one to no, say it jeff i mean dana dana's a writer she 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 writes for a living and she has to do the same thing right yeah <laughs> it's tough every single day like grinding it out is not my favorite <laughs> right yeah but then you can i'm sure you can find you find different ways to like flex those muscles and you find different ways to, to pull that inspiration out, to push yourself to go, you know, wherever, wherever you end up going, I suppose Mm -hmm. might be the better, (laughs) better way to put it. And that's a, you know, I think that's laudable as well. I mean, I think there's a very wise person that I, I can't remember said that, you know, the, the, the journey is the destination. And I think that's kind of fascinating. The journey is the destination, yes. Or the journey is the valuable part of what you're doing, yeah. Yeah. Huh, I didn't expect to get so deep. Sorry. <laughs> oh, we get existential here. <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm stoked about your new your new EP, man. I'm uh, this is uh, this is this is great. I've played a couple songs earlier. Um, you know, we we played. What did we play? We played. Wait, oh, one- we, you played totally outrageous and coast to coast and coast to coast. So the first and the last one on there. So uh, mm-hmm. what 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 other one would you like us to play on the show? I mean, you can play anything you want off there, Dana. Is there anything that you want to hear? We've heard them all a million times. So. Yeah. See, you heard it. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the 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 one that we gave you for uh, a download was one thousand volts. Yeah. Why don't we play that? That's uh, a yeah. uh, thanks. Thanks for reminding me. That's that would probably be a good one to play, huh? Uh, Cool. So uh, that's. I'm stoked for this. I'm. I will definitely be picking up a physical copy. Uh, and yeah, is there anything else that you'd like to get to while we're while we got you on the line? Not really. Thanks so much for having us. Thank I mean, it was you, a lot Conan. of fun. Yeah. No. It's, you, it's great you, you you have been so helpful to us over the years. I mean, like from the old replicator days to to you know the PRF fests and stuff like that. And I'm so glad you didn't go away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, 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 so many people have gone away. They have, <laughs> and I, I know what you're. I know what you're and saying. That there, there are some people who are just still champions. And I think you're one of them. Well, that that's that's very kind of you to say, and it's it's very easy to champion something that's so great. And uh, I'm a big fan of what you guys do. So keep it up. Thank you. Yeah, let's set up something for Bay shows. Yeah. Like, if you have any bands in mind that you think we would be a good fit with, if let's do it. Anybody listening, just feel free to contact us on our Facebook page or through whatever medium. How do, how do people contact us, Dan? Usually Facebook. Facebook, Facebook yeah. Twitter. I mean, it seems like nobody emails anymore, but then like Instagram. Get, the second I say nobody emails, everyone emails me. So I don't, I don't even know. Anymore. Yeah. What, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anybody listening who wants to set up a show, like, 
Contact Jeff on his friendster. He'll uh, get right back to you. Don't cost very much. We want to come and play. We will will come and play your birthday party. And we will be like energetic and happy even if there's only two people in the audience. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There's five of us, so there's enough for a party right there. I was going to say, well, one of them will definitely be me. So, (laughs) I'm going to play your birthday party. Hey, man. (laughs) I'm in. I'm in. Uh, Thanks, guys. And uh, yeah, and I guess catch you down the road, huh? All right, coming in. Signing off. All right. There they go. Jeff and Dana, let's hear a uh, world premiere. This is a Radio Nope world premiere. 1,000 volts. Yeah!
That's what that was. Power to the people. Bite two. Before that was Turbo Lightning. It was Turbo Lightning with uh, Faster Than Light <laughs> off of the record. Uh, oh God, it's it's like almost the exact same thing, but it's just different enough. And I should have been prepared for this because I'm a radio professional, baby. Radio professional. Uh, that is off of the record Faster Than Light. Wait, isn't that the same thing? Yeah, same thing. All right, I was self-taught. I was overthinking it. Whoops, I've only listened to that record a million times. You think I would know? Um, before that, what do we have? Uh, Meishi again with "Run to Your Grave," and before that, we had a. Well, I tell you what, we had is we had a. This is a Radio Nope world premiere. Well, this isn't, but that was. Uh, and that is a song by Batwings Catwings. That is off of the new record from our, our guest today, Batwings Catwings. And that was 1,000 volts. 1,000 volts. 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 Oh, my God. I can't speak. It's because it's Saturday. I'm used to this on Thursday. I'm all out of sorts. It's a whole, it's a whole situation. I'm yelling at people. It's a thing. It's a whole thing. Uh, but we'll be back in the normal time slot, I think, uh, next week. Next week, this week? Uh, I don't know. It depends on when you listen to it. And we're going to have the return of Mr. John Congleton of the, of the Paper Chase, who's going to be doing an in-person with us. Very, very, very excited for that. Uh, one of my favorite dudes. We can now say Grammy winner, John Congleton, for the for the excellent, and I mean excellent, St. Vincent record. Uh, then, of course, last time he was on was a New Year's Day uh, this year. And, uh, pleased to have him on again. Hopefully everyone will be less hungover. Brenna talking to you. And I think it'll be a good time. He's also playing at the nightlight, John Congleton and the nighty night with, uh, the tunnel and the loyalists. So yeah, good times. Great oldies. Let's hear something from John Congleton, the nighty night. This is until it goes. 
Found a full set of broken teeth Peppered in the bramble leaves And my Latin jaw and my bourgeois draw And my embossed flashing belt Let's turn the weapons on ourselves They found a running table saw With a blood trail leading off To a list of demons I held close And they are legion, not grown tails Let's turn the weapons on ourselves That was Until the Horror Goes by Mr. John... Son of a bitch. How, many, how long have I been doing this? How many How many goddamn episodes have I been doing that like I'm still going to get caught unawares by that? Ah, It wouldn't feel so bad if, uh, if I didn't care. If I didn't care, it wouldn't feel so bad. In general. Uh, like in life, really, more than anything else. But, uh, you know, that, that's how it goes. That is Until It Goes... Uh, that's John Kong from the Nighty Night. That's uh, the dude from Paper Chase. That show is going to be happening 25th, uh, 25th uh, Thursday. This coming Thursday with the Tunnel and is this thing on? The Loyalist. 
I will be DJing that show. It is Protonic Reversal Presents at the Nightlight in Oakland, California. There's other Congolin shows all this week. Check them out if you're on the West Coast. Yeah. This has been Protonic Reversal. Thanks for listening. Are we going? I'd like to thank our guests, Jeff and Dina from Batwings Catwings for being with us. Please make sure to check out that record that they just put out. Uh, Brokenworldmedia.com Batwingscatwings.bandcamp.com Jamming on there or your Spotify's or whatever it is you kids do these days. Get your physical media or don't. See if I care. Just listen, okay? Just listen. Speaking of which, uh, John Congolin next week. Tune in for that regular time slot. Signing off. Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. The show's called Protonic Reversal. Do it every week, Thursdays. 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Radio Nope. RadioNope.com. Say yes to Nope. 50,000 watts of power. RadioNeutron.com for the archives, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, wherever you find your finer, wherever you find your finer podcasts. That's where we will be. Brenda's back next week. This microphone sound into electricity and I'll be back too can you hear me now check you later out on route 128 dark and lonely I got my radio on can you hear me now can you hear me now to my top 10. I'd like to thank our sponsor.
haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. if there's no one there to receive. It's the end of radio. As we come to the close of our broadcast day,